Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, December 2nd. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what we're covering. The UN warns of a global food crisis. Plus, the post-pandemic decline of Six Flags. But first, another legal setback for Donald Trump. Our weekly politics state of play is today's one big thing. This week in politics saw new leadership in Congress, legislation on same-sex marriage, and Senate passage of a bill to prevent a national rail strike. Here to break it down for all of us in our Friday politics state of play is Axios' managing editor for politics, Margaret Tollev. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Nyla. Margaret, first, some breaking news last night on the DOJ's criminal investigation into Donald Trump, a ruling that's another roadblock for the former president. Well, Nyla, this is an important ruling. This was an appeals court, not just any appeals court, the 11th Circuit, which is a conservative lean uh, circuit, the appellate court striking down the judge's ruling that had allowed the appointment of a special master to begin with. The judges say the law is clear. We cannot write a rule that allows any subject of a search warrant to block government investigations after the execution of that warrant, nor can we write a rule that allows only former presidents to do so. They say that if that were allowed to stand, it would be a radical reordering of case law and would violate separation of powers limits. And so this is clearly a setback for Donald Trump and a victory for the Justice Department. Another big story from this week, the founder of Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, and a top deputy, Kelly Meggs, were both found guilty of seditious conspiracy for their role in planning the January 6th attack. What's the significance of this verdict? This is very clearly the justice system and the American people saying there are limits to the First Amendment or to protest. And when people act violently outside the scope of the law to try to change the political process, this was the American judicial system saying, no, you're guilty. Let's turn to Congress. On Wednesday, the House Democratic Caucus elected Hakeem Jeffries from New York to serve as their new minority leader. How does this affect Democrats' political strategy in the House? Well, it's a generational change of the guard. As you know, Nancy Pelosi, in stepping aside from leadership, also cleared the field and allowed not just Hakeem Jeffries, but his leadership team, Catherine Clark, Pete Aguilar, to ascend. Hakeem Jeffries is a different generational figure than Nancy Pelosi. This allows a new generation to take hold. He's been trying to find his own new space in leadership. It is, I would say, arguably easier to do when you're in the minority, as Democrats will be, starting in January, and that gives him and his team some time to find their footing. But when you look at how unified Democrats appear to be at this moment— compared to across the aisle. It's just a night and day comparison. And right now, all Democrats are kind of rallying around that moment, recognizing that Democrats' ability to stay unified as Republicans kind of turn against one another could give them a real boost as the minority starting in January. The Respect for Marriage Act 
passed in the Senate this week. What does this accomplish? This was Congress codifying the federal right to same-sex marriage, which the Supreme Court has made that a right now. That has been a right for years, but with the end of Roe v. Wade, Justice Clarence Thomas suggested that not only should Roe v. Wade be gone, but in that privacy space, other major rulings should be reexamined, including the ruling that paved the way for recognition of same-sex marriage. The real concern among gay Americans around the country and among many Democrats was, could the Supreme Court undo the right to gay marriage? By codifying it, Congress was passing the Defense of Marriage Act, prohibiting federal recognition of same-sex marriage. And that cultural sea change has driven the political imperative. You saw a dozen Republicans sign on in the Senate to this effort. It was a wedge issue for Democrats once upon a time, gay marriage. It's now a wedge issue for Republicans. The Senate passed legislation yesterday to prevent a national rail strike. It did not include paid sick leave, which is why many rail workers had rejected the deal to begin with. How come Congress can force rail workers to accept this agreement that they didn't vote for? It all has to do with interstate commerce, right? There's a Railway Labor Act that's about a century old, gives the president the power to intervene in some interstate commerce issues. And Congress, per the Supreme Court, also has the power to regulate interstate commerce, including rail labor dispute issues, if they are determined to impact trade across state lines. But as long as the Supreme Court continues to say that Congress has the power to regulate these issues, Congress and the president do have the power to step in. Margaret Tolliv is Axios' managing editor for politics. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Nyla. One more headline for you. This busy week in Washington, the Supreme Court has decided not to lift an injunction that temporarily blocks President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. And we'll hear the case this February. As food prices continue to squeeze consumers here in the U.S., just yesterday, the United Nations asked international donors for $51.5 billion to stave off a global food crisis. That's all because food and fertilizer shipments have been significantly disrupted by the war in Ukraine, as well as a looming economic crisis and ongoing climate-related disasters. When you look at a two- to two-and-a-half-year window of price increases around the world, you're looking at places like Syria who've had 700-plus percent increases in price of food over the last two-and-a-half years, or Turkey's 400 percent, or Ethiopia's at over 170 percent. That's Sarah Menker, the founder and CEO of Grow Intelligence, a company that uses data and AI to make predictions about climate change and food security. I interviewed her for an Axios event yesterday. It does worry me that while we even start to resolve parts of the inflation problem, issues associated with greater society at large is far from resolved. The UN appeal warns that this is, quote, the largest global food crisis in modern history, end quote. We'll include a link to the entire conversation I had with Sarah in our show notes. In a moment, why one major regional theme park company is floundering. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Amusement parks took a big hit during the pandemic. And as COVID restrictions eased in 2021, attendance numbers began climbing back up. But not all parks. 
Six Flags is having a painful ride this year. And Axios' Michael Mooney is here with the details from Dallas, Texas, not far from its Arlington headquarters. Hey, Michael, so how much is this huge regional theme park company struggling? Their attendance, according to their latest quarterly earnings report, is down 33% from last year. And last year was 2021, right outside of a pandemic. So they are really, really struggling. What's going wrong here? It's a combination of things, but to see the hit and the incredibly rapid decline of the company in Six Flags' case is kind of surprising. Their new CEO is trying to implement a new strategy that would involve raising ticket prices, which would, in theory, lower the attendance a little bit and lower wait times and kind of increase the overall uh, enjoyment of every customer while, as a bonus, saving money on uh, the employees that you don't have to be there for the smaller crowds. But it does not seem to be working so far as revenue is down drastically. I think it was down 21% over last year. What about competition? Yeah, so the biggest competition nationwide is probably Cedar Fair Entertainment. And Cedar Fair is doing really well. Their profits were way up. You know, Disney has rebounded uh, at least a little bit, although they have a new shakeup as well at the top. So it's hard to say if there's a way to right this ship or if this is just the new normal going forward for Six Flags. If this is the new normal going forward for Six Flags, what does that mean for the North Texas area? Six Flags has been a staple of North Texas entertainment for a really long time. The Six Flags of Texas is how that company got its name. And in Arlington, the entire entertainment district is built around Six Flags. So if Six Flags goes away, it's going to be a huge hit for the entertainment industry in general in North Texas. Axios Dallas reporter Michael Mooney. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Amy Padula, Robin Lynn, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiyara and Ben O'Brien. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Sarah Kehlani Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. And special thanks, as always, to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday.